Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. As always, welcome back from the trip, Drew. We're going to talk today about uh, everything in the NFL yesterday, the AFC North changes, the NFC South changes, two of the influx divisions in the NFL. And then we're going to talk uh, tonight's blockbuster Steelers-Colts game uh, and then uh, a bit more on the blockbuster spectrum, the World Cup. How was your weekend, Drew? It was great, man. Hope uh, hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a uh, uh, a tremendous time watching sports over the weekend because it was like an all. This was like an all timer. Probably never going to get this again in our lifetimes. Where you have a combination of World Cup soccer all morning right into college football, NFL, you name it. Like if you're if you were looking for wall to wall you know, high leverage sports to watch. You were gifted with uh, probably one of the greater long weekends of our lifetime. Yeah, it's it's up there. I'm not sure where I'd price it relative to our other <laughs> long weekends, but certainly has a chance to be favorite. I think, yeah, there's lots of problems with the World Cup being in Qatar. The time zone, though, is not one of them, uh, particularly if you live on the East Coast. Uh, me, yeah. my kids tend to get up around 5 a.m., which is usually hellish, but uh, mm-hmm. it, this month is actually perfect because um, I can watch some, some random uh, Cameroon games. But we'll talk about the World Cup at the end. Let's jump into the NFC South, which is a complete car crash, the antithesis of the mighty <laughs> NFC East, which right now has four playoff mm-hmm. teams. But so let's talk about the division price shifts first. So the Bucks came into the weekend at minus 450. They are still minus 450 because the Falcons and Saints lost. Falcons drift out to plus 700, Saints plus 1,000. And then the most interesting bet to me is the Carolina Panthers <laughs> at plus 1,800. I took myself into the Panthers plus 1,800 a month ago. We've gone through a lot of different emotions and results and now i'm back into the same spot of talking myself to the carolina panthers at plus 1800 again what do you make of this market i have a very tough time trying to make a case against the favorites here and it's just the buccaneers are just walking uh you know walking in total uh you know luck uh you know full-on luck box all season long so far this year. Um, everything has gone wrong for them from an injury standpoint. They're losing games they should easily have won. Uh, you know, yesterday, a good example, could have easily put that game away. Um, but just, you know, 
pretty un, uninspiring play calling offensively, a little bit out of sorts here. Um, but no one else is challenging them. Like Falcons, and you know, the fact that the Saints are flat at 10 to 1 from yesterday to today, even though yesterday they got shut out <laughs> by, the, by the Niners and just really did not have a very functional uh, performance at all. And people are still like, uh, yeah, still 10 to 1. Um, you know, I, I, it just speaks to the fact that if any of these teams towards the bottom can get any kind of steam, any kind of momentum generating and put a little bit of pressure on the Bucks, then uh, then we might have ourselves a little bit of a conversation. The Bucks still have to obviously take care of business in division if they expect to win. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is this has turned into an absolute hot mess of a division. Um Bucks I'm looking at in weeks 14, 16, sorry, 14, 15, 16, Niners, Bengals, Cardinals, uh, interesting little three game stretch there. If they uh, don't get right by that uh, week 14 matchup against the Niners, I think then, uh, you know, the, the door would be open. Saints aren't the team I would back. Falcons aren't the team I would back. I think the Panthers just based on price would be the only look. Uh, although I just, you know, it's so much has to go right. It, it feels like uh, a little too, too little too late for those guys. Yes, had DJ Moore not removed his helmet in Atlanta, I would be feeling much better. If the Panthers are instead were five and seven, then I think they would be really in the mix. Now they need they need some breaks to go their way. At the same time, though, their schedule the rest of the way it's they play the Seahawks, who uh, did not look good yesterday defensively at all and are very vulnerable. The Steelers, the Lions, and then Saints and Bucks. So those are winnable games. And I think if the Panthers go four and one, which is, is obviously not very likely, but within the realms of possibility, if they go four and one, including a win over the Bucs, they finish at eight and nine with the tiebreak over the Bucs. They inflict another loss upon the Bucs. And then the Bucs would have to go, what, three and two just to get eight and nine. Uh, and then they would lose on the tiebreak. So look, it's a lot has to go right. But I just think that the Panthers, they should be more like, I don't know, 11 to one, 12 to one, as opposed to 18 to one. So that would be my bet, but it's not the most inspiring uh, to ride with Sam Darnold. Uh, I think there are probably some higher-end teams in the AFC North, which is, along with the AFC East, I guess, the other division that's really still in flux. And the Ravens, they go from minus 500 to minus 250 after uh, the, yeah, the origin superhero story of Trevor Lawrence uh, on that last drive. The Bengals who pull out a win over the Titans, they drop from plus 400 to plus 200. The Browns and the Steelers aren't realistic at this point. Do you like the Bengals at plus 200? So I have a lot of Bengals in pocket from earlier this season, and we had a couple of cracks in the last handful of weeks to get even better prices on the Bengals if you felt like they could ultimately uh, you know, steal this division. Uh, right now, they have a very, very difficult uphill battle because they have the second most difficult schedule remaining, uh, whereas Baltimore looking at the second easiest schedule remaining. So huge, huge imbalance here between those two uh, in terms of uh, strength of remaining opponents. Um, I think I can, pr I'm fine ruling out the Browns and the Steelers here, even though I like, you know, there are, there are certainly things to try to make a case for an upside for both of those teams. I just don't think uh, enough ground can be made up at this point with both the Ravens and the Bengals having seven wins. Uh, Ra Ravens, they're not inspiring a lot of confidence. Uh, yesterday's loss kind of 
capitalized or really kind of pointed out a lot of the things that you may have had in the back of your head about, you know, this team just isn't winning in convincing fashion. Like that game should have been in hand before them long before the end. It took, uh, you know, a fortunate fumble recovery uh, and a short field for them to have uh, the opportunity to uh, to try to win that game. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, they let uh, they let it slip through their fingers again. That's what the sixth time it feels like this season, even though they only have four losses. I feel like all four were you know, from ahead uh, in the fourth quarter. So uh, Ravens are doing it a weird way this year. And uh, it's not like you can expect a lot of, um, uh, you know, there, there's no uh, no one coming to the rescue on the offensive side of the ball in terms of just player personnel, uh, you know, getting healthy and, and providing that, uh, that bump. Whereas Jamar Chase still could come back here for the Bengals and be a meaningful factor down the stretch. So more dynamic offense, uh, better, you know, more well-coordinated defense, just the tougher schedule is keeping me from firing more on the Bengals here. Um, but uh, I think both these teams are going to the playoffs. Yes, I agree. I think with, Baltimore, I still have no idea why they didn't trade for a wide receiver at the deadline, why they didn't sign a wide receiver in the offseason. Instead, just content to roll now with the Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay show. Uh, Mark Andrews didn't have his best game yesterday either. I think the like this probably on face value, these prices would surprise people, minus 250 versus plus 200, given that they're both 7-4 and four right now. But it's not just the schedule, which is a massive factor the fact that the Bengals have to play uh, Chiefs, Browns with Deshaun Watson, uh, at the Bucks, at the Patriots, Bills, Ravens. That is an that is a murderer's row of teams. Whereas the Ravens, they're minus eight against the Broncos this week, which I think for all the misgivings we have about the Ravens, that would be my best bet of all the early lines. I think that will close double digits with how bad Denver has looked. And then Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers. Uh, so it's not as nearly as intimidating for Baltimore. And then the other thing is, and this is the real problem with Cincinnati, is that they're 1-3 in the division. And for mm-hmm. tiebreak, yeah. that includes a loss to Baltimore. So they also have losses against the Steelers and the Browns. So even if the Bengals beat Baltimore and square the ledger at 1-1, one and one, they're still they're not going to have the tiebreak. So they need to finish with a better record than Baltimore while playing basically the average team that they're going to play is like, the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Really yeah. good. The average team the Ravens has to play, like the Steelers. Uh, so that's the difference. And that's why the price is what it is. Uh, so even though you kind of you want to like the Bengals at plus 200, just can't get involved um, at that price. Uh, and we'll see, you know, if the Steelers, if they want to get involved, if they want to throw their hat in the ring by beating the Colts tonight, I just that they're too far back. And then so, and so are the Browns. The Browns are still the weirdest team in the league to me uh, and will be the rest of the season now that we have Deshaun Watson too. It's, I think it's the underrated story the whole year that the Browns have gotten basically Deshaun Watson level quarterback play from Jacoby Brissett, not that <laughs> far off. And uh, they're four and seven and needed a miraculous OT win. Not quite Deshaun Watson level, but not that far off it. So, uh, yeah, they're a strange team and one we'll yes. talk about a lot. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right, let's talk about one of those AFC North teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, playing at Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts tonight. The line is Colts minus two and a half. The total, which is perhaps forewarning of what type of spectacle this will be, is 39 and a half in a dome. Uh, anything you like in this game? Yeah. Give me Steelers. Uh, I don't know why this hasn't close to closer to a pick them. Um, I get it. There's not a ton of, uh, you know, there's not a ton of equity push pulling under three, but uh, I had, you know, I think plus one twenty anything on the money line is, uh, is a misprice. This should be close to a pick them by my numbers. Uh, Pittsburgh's D line at full strength uh, has a wonderful matchup against the Colts pass protection unit. That is hugely questionable. Uh, you have a statuesque quarterback in Matt Ryan, who's going to be under duress all game long. Uh, excited to see what TJ Watt, Cam Hayward in particular can do in this contest so uh, Pittsburgh's defense I think uh, matches up well against what Indy is doing right now and what they're capable of doing uh, and then on the flip side uh, you know the, the uh, Pittsburgh offense has in you know last two weeks um, has found, kind of found their footing uh, they had a nice little they made the quarterback switch they had a nice little stretch where Pickett was healthy uh, and they were at home for a couple of games I thought they tweaked uh, some aspects of what they were trying to do and I thought the results were pretty telling they lose 37 30 last time out to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals a game where people would point and be like ah that what wasn't even that close. Like, wasn't that good? No, that was a very competitive game. You know, the the ball bounces a little differently uh, towards the end of that, that fourth quarter. I think the Steelers are are knocking on the door to win that game. And I think um, if you can hang thirty on a on a good Bengals defense, then you should be able to uh, come in here and put scoreboard pressure on a Colts team that again uh, you have a huge advantage of when their offense is on the field. So, um, Steelers here. Uh, for my money, I think uh, they ought to be, you know, small, small money line favorites here. So the fact that I'm getting plus 125 is music to my ears. Yeah, I think this game should be pick. Yeah. Uh, I think the Steelers neutral field are slightly better than the Colts, I think. Steelers might have the better quarterback, honestly, uh, <laughs> at this point. And I think there was the thought that maybe Jeff Saturday or, that, or something had happened where the offensive line was fixed after what they did against the Raiders. But I think the Philadelphia game showed that that was more about the Raiders having the worst pass rush in the league uh, and not being able to really stop the run unless they're playing Seattle for some reason uh, because the Colts couldn't really run the ball against Philadelphia, particularly in the second half. And Philadelphia showed last night that their defense right now is uh, in a little bit of a state. So you would have expected a bit more out of the Colts. So, yeah, I just think that the Steelers now with TJ Watt back, who, I mean... 
TJ Watt, he's, he's certainly not been talked about as much this year because he missed so much time, but he is in the same caliber of player as Micah Parsons, as Nick Bosa, guys who are DPO White mix. And Minka Fitzpatrick uh, is back, and he's playing much better than he did last year and gives them another all-pro level player on that defense. So Stills clearly have the better defense. I think the offense is a, basically a wash uh, at this point, so I agree. In terms of props, my favorite one on the board, I like to go a little more niche, a little more obscure, some low totals. Uh, Najee Harris, over 18 and a half receiving yards. The Colts, for all their sins, they are very effective at bottling up the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers have never been a particularly efficient running offense with Najee Harris. But the Colts are bottom five in DVOA, defending running backs in the passing game. So I think that Najee Harris, who's had six targets two of the past three weeks, think that he should be able to get over 18 and a half receiving yards. Any angles uh, on the player side you like in the chamber? No, but I like that uh, that general look. Um the Steelers went into their bye with just a, a just a disheartening season's over, forget about it, pack it up, kind of a loss to the Eagles. And it did feel like some of the, uh, you know, the the scrutiny that the outside world had on that offense, you know, was addressed, you know, because they have looked very different. They're trying to do different things coming out of their bye. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, only getting 20 points, but gaining almost 400 yards against the Saints was a solid. And then, you know, backing that up with a, a solid performance against the Bengals. I, I do think that just in general, um, they're, they're, there's not a long-term answer there with Matt Canada as the O coordinator, but uh, certainly what he's done the last couple of weeks is, is a far, far, far cry better than what we saw from him through the middle of the season, which was just just dreadful. Yep, no, I'm with you. There is, uh, there's not much left on the Matt Canada is good. Not much meat on that bone. <laughs> uh, all right, before we talk about World Cup, if you want more betting, DFS, and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune into our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Lawrence Jackson, and Kyle Dvorak answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Steelers and the Colts. This is a game that you'll want to have a bet on uh, to get you through it. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, one 888 532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms and conditions for more details. Let's talk about the World <laughs> Cup uh, and let's start off by talking about 
if you've changed any priors that you had uh, on these World Cup contenders before the first week. Uh, as we look now at the favourites in the World Cup, Brazil, they shortened from plus 300 to plus 225. That's largely because uh, Argentina are in a little bit of strife who were on their side of the draw. France also firm from plus 650 to plus 550. Uh, England drift out and then Spain are the other big firmer now that they look like they're in the box seat of winning their group uh, after Germany lost to Japan, although that might be a little bit of a poison chalice with the path that opens up. Uh, what do you make of the favorites on the board right now? And I agree 100% with the market firming on France. I think actually it probably needed to move in a little more because France now basically in complete cruise control to win Group D, uh, they find themselves on the weaker half of the bracket. Uh, and weird as it is to say, uh, the loss of guys like Pogba and Benzema, Benzema specifically, seems to have kind of taken a little bit of the pressure off of this squad and kind of given some of the younger players a little bit more of a leadership role. And that looks to be exactly what France needed to have kind of a, a good, uh, you know, second effort here after winning the World Cup last time out. So um, very, very, very impressed with what I've seen from France. Um, and I think I, I came in with very, you know, the market was, I thought the market was way, way, way too high on that team and that they might not even win group D, uh, as we got into this, uh, you know, the start of this world cup and I've completely pivoted to now, I think they should be clear, clear second choice. Uh, and the fact that they're kind of in that, uh, muddled price there with Spain and Argentina, uh, I don't think is reflecting the fact that, uh, they now have a very favorable path, in my opinion, to get to a final against whoever emerges from uh, what is a very, very challenging top half of that bracket. Uh, the fly in the ointment, of course, for, for France is if Argentina come through as runner-ups of Group C. <laughs> and then for the second consecutive World Cup, we get France-Argentina in the first round of knockouts. Uh, and it seems like that is not entirely off the table. Um, Poland, uh, you know, Poland-Argentina is going to be an absolute must-watch match to kind of determine the fate of both, you know, of, of what, of basically the rest of the knockouts kind of come down to that Poland Argentina match. You got to have that one circled. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's nothing, you know, nothing has really, um, changed my opinion in terms of who's going to ultimately compete, but I will, uh, I will point to one team at, that I think has a very favorable draw opening up for them. And that is the Netherlands, the Netherlands win group a, uh, if they can, uh, close serve here in their final, uh, you know, their final group match. And they would get the runner-ups of Group B, which right now would be Iran, could be the United States, could could uh, could potentially sneak in there. Uh, and then they would play the winners of Group C versus the runners-up of Group D. That whole little quad there, uh, North Netherlands would be huge, huge money line favorites against all of those opponents, all the way to uh, a semifinal matchup against potentially whoever emerges from uh, that mess of Spain and uh, Brazil in the quarterfinals. So uh, Netherlands uh, is one to, to circle and look out for. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it in terms of the path. I think the problem is, is that they're just not very good. <laughs> <laughs> There's the problem. XG has been a disaster for the Netherlands, but I think... The thing there is that I think the World Cup, more than, I guess, a lot of other uh, competitions, you can more throw out performance in the group stage. A lot of teams recently have gone on to win the World Cup, haven't looked impressive in the group stage at all. Uh, Spain sure. in 2010 looked disastrous in the group stage and it looked like it was going to be a national crisis and then they won the tournament. 
Italy in 2006, same thing. Germany weren't impressive, really, in their World Cup win in 2014 until they got to basically the quarterfinals. I think it was Algeria really could have knocked them out. So I just think that the nature of the tournament, the fact that particularly this season where oh, this World Cup where, you know, teams haven't had the same build-up time together. Right. I think that's why I really like Spain in this tournament overall if they didn't have such a, such a difficult draw is that uh, you can see when you watch Spain that uh, Pedri, Gavi and Busquets, they all play together every week for Barcelona. Yeah. They have so yeah. much more uh, continuity uh, and just kind of rationality to the way that they build up. Whereas I look at a team like Argentina who like I'm heavily invested in Messi to win the golden ball, which he kind of brought back to life with his goal against oh, Mexico. Yeah. But having watched those two games, like Argentina, there is they did not look good at all. And maybe they'll figure something out, but at the moment there is just there is no there is no build up into play. It's basically just kick it out to Di Maria on the right wing and hope that he does something or just pass it to Messi and hope that he does something. Like there's a lot of <laughs> dependence on individual brilliance as opposed to say, I think the more kind of cohesive approach of Brazil uh, or Spain. Uh, Argentina have looked good defensively is the one thing to hold on to. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do want, given that I am on Messi to win the golden ball, I do want Argentina to finish second in the group. Because I need to kill the Batman. I need to kill Killian and Batman. <laughs> and I want, yes. I want the head-to-head. Uh, I, want yes. I want Killian's path to be as hard as possible. And if that means that I have to throw Lionel Messi's body in front of him, so be it. I'll take that risk. So uh, that's what I'm cheering for is um, a path where Argentina finishes second. Uh, but w- what do you think about Argentina? And then also to close out... Uh, the big game. What do you think of uh, Portugal, Uruguay? Ooh, yeah, that one's going to be awesome this afternoon. Very excited for that. Um, I agree with your. I agree with your takes there. The funny thing is, like w- we've seen these teams, almost all these teams now play twice. The standard way of doing sort of international soccer, or really soccer, any soccer handicapping, is looking at like XG or XG plus, just as an idea of sort of the true strength of the you know offense and defense of these teams. And so far, it has been just chaos. Like you look at an XG result, you know, like what was the XG of a given game versus how the game played out, and it's just like the the variability and the variance has been unbelievably high. And this is. Uh, you know, this is a unique situation. World Cup is always unique. This one's even more so. And so, um, you know, there, there's going to be at some point uh, a stretch where we're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Now these teams are playing closer to priors and these results are coming in you know, closer to the, the XG predicted outcomes. And, you know, when we get to that point, I think there's going to be money to be made because the market has overreacted to any of the, uh, the results we've seen so far. Uh, and so I think I think that's kind of the key thing that I want to keep my eye on going forward. Uh, I don't rate Portugal especially highly at all. Uh, I think Uruguay absolutely was a contender coming into this tournament, and now they are desperately in need of a result. Uh, you know, if Uruguay loses this match, they are effectively uh, you know staring at uh, a very narrow path to uh, you know to advance. And so I think uh, you know you're going to get a very honest effort out of Uruguay in this one. Uh, and now that they have sort of that one, uh, you know, kind of get reacquainted with everybody's roles, responsibilities game out of the way against South Korea. I think they're dangerous against Portugal and I would make them, uh, you know, a little bit better than the market right now in terms of coming away with the outright win. I'm looking at plus three thirteen for Uruguay to win. Uh, I would expect uh, anything, uh, you know, better than three to one to be a bet. Yep. I like that. I think Portugal, 
one of the strangest teams because on paper they look absolutely loaded. They're kind of the Brooklyn Nets of this World Cup where just looking at the names like Bernardo Silva and Jao Felix is kind of an afterthought on this team. Obviously Cristiano Ronaldo and then Bruno Fernandes who's stuck playing with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, across both forms of soccer club and country. So they are, they are loaded with talent defensively. It wasn't great in the first game. Uh, and again, there's just not... Doesn't seem like there's a lot of cohesion. I think Ronaldo, uh, for pretty much everyone he plays for, is more of a problem than he's worth, particularly when you have so much in reserve behind him. So, yeah, I would definitely skew Uruguay uh, at the price. Just last thing that I want to touch on is I would not write off Germany uh, in this World Cup mm-hmm. because I think that they they are going to benefit from finishing second in their group over Spain. I think the second spot was what you wanted in that group, and particularly given that... Uh, Belgium look terrible uh, and may not even get out of the group stage. And then even if they do, uh, it, it certainly may not be in first place. So there's pretty much no one in Group F that you're terrified of. And Germany might finish second in their group and then get a matchup against Croatia or Morocco. Or even if it is Belgium, that's not particularly scary either. Yeah. So I would not write off Germany at all. They showed... They showed a bit against Spain. That looked like a game that could have got away from them. They lost 6 nothing to Spain in the Nations League a year ago. Uh, and so to be able to dig deep, get a result there, it's got a lot of talents. So would not write off the Germans at plus 1,200. All right, any last World Cup thoughts before we say goodbye, Drew? I agree with you on that uh, Germany look. I just you need them to get my way with a convincing win against Costa Rica and build a little bit of momentum heading into the group uh, rounds. Uh, and I do also agree with your sentiment of it's fine to write off Belgium. That yes. team's that team's a mess. Belgium should have lost to Canada by like multiple yeah. goals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a very fraudulent win, and uh, good to see Eden Hazard taking a beating after his uh, his ridiculous comments uh, condemning the Germans. Really came back to bite you, Eden. Uh, why don't you try to play ninety minutes and stay on the pitch? All right, don't forget to check out <laughs> NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, and if you're listening to us in podcast form. Don't forget to rate and subscribe us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll be back tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.